0: Ready, hear it of- up.
1: Welcome to the Pastor's Cut podcast for the week of January 21st, 2024. I'm here in the studio with Marissa. Hello. What do you think about the new theme song? I, I love it. Okay. Yeah,
0: I love gospel. It's uh, great. Is, is it yeah, all right? Yeah, I feel it's a little bit of a bait and switch, though. Why is that? I know you get people all excited about gospel music. It's like, hey guys,
1: and <laughs> <laughs> then, then we just—oh man! Are you saying I'm not upbeat enough? No, no, you're great. You ain't giving it up. I'm telling you, I feel a little bit disrespected. Uh, well, welcome to the Pastors Cut podcast for this week. I'm here in the studio. You've heard Brad. Marissa's right here. Dave is here in spirit. I think he's on the road somewhere this morning. So. He's not here, Marissa, it's just the two of us. All right. Best thing about Christmas for you, since I didn't get to uh, talk to you about this last week? Oh,
0: goodness. I, just being with family and not going to school, not having to wake up early. We're no. not morning people. It, I know you're a morning person. We're oh, not I, morning people.
1: Man, the morning is the perfect time to get stuff done.
0: Oh, well, when, I, when it happens, it's like, oh, yeah, this is nice. I see why people do this, but no.
1: Are you by disposition <laughs> not a morning person or by habit because you stay up so late?
0: Um, Probably half and half.
1: Okay. Yeah. That no, You really didn't answer my question. No. Oh. <laughs> That's all right. You
0: know, people who don't feel like they have enough control over their daily, like your day, mm-hmm. um, will hesitate and procrastinate in going to bed because those are the wee hours of the morning when you can, you know, except for it's not the morning, it's the evening. right? Um, when nobody has demands on your time. Your kids are in bed.
1: Isn't that nice? You
0: don't have work. Yeah. And you can do all the things that like... When, you're desperate to do.
1: <laughs> when our kids were, you know, born new babies, I was like, okay, when they're asleep, I'm going to be asleep. That's yeah. the, and so I just never got out of that habit. Yeah. And uh, so waking up early and getting stuff done, that's same thing, just yeah. at a different time frame. It's yeah. Whenever your mind is, is the sharpest, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want Marissa also to just do a real quick plug for the new pastor's cut. We're kind of reinventing what we're doing. Uh, if you're a community group leader and you're not using the pastor's cut currently, I want to know that that's an option for your group, even to use seasonally or to use permanently. So, Marissa, would you give maybe just a little bit of a highlight on that?
0: Sure. So we've been, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, odds are you also know about the Pastors Cut curriculum. It began in 2016 as just a way to unify the church under um, the same scripture passage each week. So the scripture, just like you're hearing today uh, that Darren's preaching on, um, will also be taught in the community groups. Um, over the years, uh, fewer community groups are using that curriculum, so we've kind of relaunched it, um, reformatted it a little bit. So if you've kind of given up on it, but you're you're super entertained by our podcast, but maybe you don't read the rec- curriculum any longer, um, give it another look. But I also want to... Um, emphasize that it's really great for personal devotion. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if your community group isn't using it, um, it's also open for anyone to read through and use daily or, or just to prepare your hearts for worship.
1: And, and the, uh, the theory behind the Pastors' Cup when we first started this was to bring focus to Sunday morning. So you're mm-hmm. not talking about one thing in church and worship and another in community group. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the complaint I've heard over time is, oh, we, wanna, we don't want to talk about the same thing. I completely, I'm on the other end of that spectrum to say, we can talk about the same thing, but in a different way. Right, yeah. And so we we have different content through this podcast, and as community group leaders, as you look at a passage of Scripture, you're going to see things differently, <laughs> if I can use that word. Um, <laughs> you can. Than, than what I would say on Sunday morning. And a great example of that is um, this coming Sunday from the time I we're recording this, I'm, t- I'm preaching on the Beatitudes again, and I just preached on the Beatitudes back in November but I'm going in a completely different direction. Yeah. The Scripture is infinite, right. and it's insight and application. Yeah. Uh, it might mean, as a community group leader, you need to work a little harder. <laughs> uh, it, am, I, am I not selling it with that? But no,
0: I, no, it is, because that's how you form yourself. I mean, my yes. greatest point of uh, spiritual formation was when I first became a community group teacher, and just getting into the Word and and soaking in it for myself in order to teach other people was very, very formative. So there's, there's no... Harm in doing extra Absolutely. work to, to get that different viewpoint. Find out what in the scripture uh, God is telling you, because that's what's going to be more compelling for the discipleship of your class. Something that makes you passionate about God's word. That's right. Um, you'll be able to light a fire under other people.
1: That's one of my um, my keys to being a communicator: is don't try to be interesting. Be interested. Yes. And if yeah. you're if you're interested in what you're talking about, then you will come across as interesting. And yes. So that that's it. Uh, okay, so uh, we are going to be, um, this is for, let me make sure I have my dates right here, February 20...
0: 20- January, January.
1: <laughs> so January. January 21st. Um, so so I, I was up very early the, this morning and, uh-huh. and already doing a lot of writing, and so my brain's already dead. That's why I get up <laughs> yes, early in the morning. It's
0: spent. <laughs>
1: January 21st, um, and we're covering the passage where Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, before Marissa reads this passage... Uh, I want to encourage you continue to read the message on the Mount every day during the month of January. Uh, it's an experiment, really. See what begins to happen to you. We had a staff member yesterday said he's starting to dream the Sermon on the yeah. Mount. You know, once it gets, it's, it's going to start changing you and the way uh, you act and your attitudes. What a fascinating experience to do this for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and each week we're going to handle a different section. Last week with the Beatitudes, we talked about a Christian's character. Today, we talk about a Christian's influence. So I'm going to ask Marissa to read the text for the day, uh, Matthew chapter five verses thirteen through sixteen.
0: You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven.
1: Okay, so um, this is one of the another cardinal rule of being a communicator is don't tell someone, show someone. Mm-hmm. And Jesus really does show the kind of influence that we are to have, and He uses two metaphors here: one, salt; the other, light. Uh, we're going to take turns on each one of those, just kind of talking through them. But what I like about this. Initially, taking both of them together, they're ordinary, everyday elements. Mm -hmm. I mean, every day we use salt, whether we know it or not. Look at the sodium content on a package. (laughs) Um, And every day we rely on light. So Jesus is pulling metaphors just from everyday, normal existence to put it right in front of us, to put God in front of us where we really can't forget him. So um, let's talk about SALT first. Marissa, with your Jewish background and history and and inculcation and all that, you, yes. you probably have some Jewish history here. I, I just think you probably do.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You're really calling me out. But, I do. And, and you, when you say your Jewish background, uh, uh, an a, a interest background, in the cultural context of the scripture. Your background yeah, study. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Um, uh, no, I don't have anything.
1: <laughs> well, you put was... me on the
0: spot. I was going to talk about influencers. I was going to talk about salt, but in, uh, that was disappointing. Yeah, sorry about that.
1: That's all right. Well, what were you <laughs> going to say? I
0: was just going to say too about um, it being normal, everyday objects. You know, influencers—that um, term has kind of a negative connotation in our world for people who have um, unearned influence over culture. Mm. Um, in social media, you have uh, you have people who have kind of risen to fame. On the basis of only, of kind of these vapid, um, uh, uh, materialistic reasons.
1: So, so like a mom who talks about being a good parent, but is actually abusing her children. Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah. There's been uh, several stories like that lately. Terrible. Where it's,
0: yeah, it's it there's a a hollowness to it, but there's something very, um, uh, very true within that concept too. Um, so seventy percent of millennials no longer trust traditional advertising. They kind of know that um, advertisers don't have their best interest at heart. You're just trying to use me. You're trying to to influence me in this way. But if they're influenced by a friend or a family member, then they, you know, that that is the way you advertise to the new generations: Gen Z, Gen Alpha, Millennials. So we have this relationship with public figures where we see them as friends, and um, and. This is the this is what influences us most today. So you have like Cristiano Ronaldo makes three point two million dollars every time he has a sponsored post. Mm. Uh, Kylie Jenner, every time he, she drinks weight loss tea on Instagram, makes two point three million dollars. Mm. You know, so we have these these influencers that who have great influence over our life. But what Jesus does, you know, the Gospel is his viral marketing campaign. He's asking just normal, ordinary people to to influence the world for His message. And you have the the you know, the crowds that he that most related and most longed to hear um, what He was telling them within the Beatitudes. Um, that that he's saying you you are the light of the world you are my voice you are um, you are the influencers for this next generation
1: that's right so uh, as we talk about Christian influence I think it'd be a good place to start and say be very intentional about who you allow to influence you because it, it has this trickle down effect and so we need to be very uh, cautious and conscience uh, con and Aren't aware. You? Thank you. Just, mental block. Again, my best moments of the day are past already. <laughs> we're
0: like a husk of your, yeah. what yeah. you were earlier.
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I'm a husk of what a, Jesus said. You are the husk of the earth. Uh, we need to curate who we allow to influence our lives because that's going to trickle through us mm-hmm. and on other people. But then Jesus says, okay, so what does he mean by this metaphor? You are the salt. And a lot of ink has been spilled trying to unpack this metaphor. So in the ancient world, salt was used as payment. It was mm-hmm. just as good as money. So in fact, the word salary and salt can really come from the base base uh, basic root word. Um, salt could also be a, a flavoring. You know, it gives meat and vegetables its savor. It brings out, it enhances the flavor. Maybe that's what Christians are supposed to be. We're supposed to, uh, you know, not only salary, be what's worthwhile in the world, but, but flavor the world. Salt was also used to keep meat from corrupting. So right. Um, the church and followers of Jesus have a purifying effect. I think all of those are valid. A metaphor can be unpacked on many levels. But in the Hebrew culture, Marissa, since you didn't bring it, <laughs> do I'll it. Bring, bring it. it. <laughs> Salt was a metaphor for wisdom. Hmm. And, and we are to be the wisdom of the world. We are to be wise people. A lot of different ways we can define wisdom. My go-to is the ability to do the right thing at the right time for the right reasons and as we influence people, we need to think about what's the right thing to do here? And especially in context to another person, the rule of thumb is always, whatever I'd want done to me, I should do to that mm-hmm. person to do the right thing at the right time. Not everything should be done right now. Sometimes it's a good policy to wait. Other times we just procrastinate. Do the right thing at the right time and then to make sure our, um, our motives are pure to do the right thing at the right time for the right reasons. If we lose that, Jesus says we are worthless, and we, we will not benefit the world and will not benefit the very people that we are called to influence. Um, let, let's talk about this for just a minute um, as part of an application, and if I were teaching this in a community group, I would say, who is the group of people that you most have influence over? Mm. And so let's, let's talk about that for just a moment. Obviously, Marissa, as, as parents, you and I both have influence over our kids right um your children are younger than mine what what competes for your influence over their lives
0: as my kids are getting older they're friends yeah and but what i've found at least in this these early stages i was a seventh grader um we also have this amazing um ability to influence our children's friends to To expand our influence, expand that light, not just into our children's lives, but hopefully what we've taught them about their identity in Christ, about their value, about their worth, um, can then be shared with their friends. So we have, you know, this new world that we're that I'm entering into is, you know, I have um, a lot of kids in my child's. Um, sphere of influence who have mental health issues who have um, broken homes who have uh, you know are going through all these crises of identity um and um and when parents reach back out to me and say that they really appreciate my child and um, how they're so thankful for the influence that she has you know that has been really powerful for me i i um, and so I, I worry like crazy for it but, but, uh, yeah. but just have to trust that what I have instilled in her, what Christ has instilled in her, will carry her through and help carry her friends.
1: And and we're still, uh, we're, we're not done parenting yet. Our parenting is taking on a different form. But through those real lean years of middle school and high school, I have found that influence, um, it can't be like this huge bucket of water. It has to be drop by drop. In mm-hmm. fact, that's where we get the word instill. uh uh-huh. And every year, I would just kind of pick up on a different thing I would want to say to my kids. And and I remember one year, as I would pray with them every night before they go to sleep, I would pray, help Kira or Caleb or Seth be a good follower of Jesus and a good leader to others. And just praying that over them, mm-hmm. whether they want to hear that or not, you know, whether they're going to live it today or not. Mm-hmm. It, it slowly instills in their character, and I think if you know, my kids listen to this podcast, they'll remember that we <laughs> that we prayed that, and it becomes a part of their their subconscious. So why we can't control every influence, we can make sure that we. So parents, be intentional yes. about what you are instilling in your children. Yeah. What are some other influences that we have?
0: Just over our community, yeah, schools, yeah, our spouses, yeah, um, just it, pretty much every single. Um, person we interact with um we recently had a loss in our family and um and uh the young man who passed away just he just exuded christ's warmth and acceptance for other people and love and so we've been overwhelmed by the posts on social media the 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 messages that have come in people who barely knew him but felt like uh for the, the brief moment that they interact with him, that they were the world to him. Um, you know, we never know um, who we're influencing. Um, every every coffee shop interaction, <laughs> yep. you know, every every smile you give somebody on the street. Um, it's not just the people we have daily influence over. It's it's just all all the multitude of interactions, small That's and large. Right.
1: Be the wisdom of the world. Mm -hmm. And I I will say this as an organizational leader, and I forget this and I have to relearn it, and I I just go back and forth on this. But um, whatever my posture is, that's going to affect or infect my organization. If I show up the morning every morning in the office stressed, I'm going to stress everyone else out around me. Mm -hmm. And, And there are times where I show up stressed. I mean, we're just human. But I need to remember, stop laugh smile mm-hmm. the world's not a grim place we you know into our almost what we embody will influence other people mm-hmm. whether we know it directly or not
0: right yeah. yeah yeah
1: okay so you're called to be the wisdom of the world now jesus turns changes metaphors you are the light of the world um, one of my favorite applications here is he uses the city on a hill and he uses the lamp in a house mm-hmm. So our influence um, sometimes will take on different degrees of magnitude. Some people will be that city on a hill. Uh, other people will light a lamp, just and their influence will be in their home. It will be very small by comparison. Um, so, you know, I, I think about um, a stay-at-home mom right now who's frustrated me because maybe she has training and or a stay-at-home dad, for that matter, training, education in a certain area, but now I'm just staying home with the kids. Well, for right now, that influence is is just going to be seemingly small, but it's still essential. Uh, or somebody in, in my situation, I'm a pastor. Um, I have influence in the Tulsa area, okay? I run into people all the time, different churches, people know I'm a pastor. I My, my light might be a, a little bit bigger magnitude, but I'm nowhere like a... Um, who's a Who's a famous good pastor? Can we put those two together? <laughs> yeah,
0: Tim Keller. Tim, we'll Tim Keller. Keller. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's
1: a good one. <laughs> so there's there's, uh, and you know maybe that will be my level of influence one day. I doubt it. Mm. I don't think I'm ever going to be that kind of influence. We let God decide the degree of our influence. What we do is we just manage whatever He gives us faithfully. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think, Marissa?
0: And the light doesn't come from us. There you go. Um, we may be uh, talented, we may be charismatic, but the light that he's speaking of here doesn't come from within us. Um, it comes from the light of the kingdom from within us. Um, think about the burning bush in Exodus three, where the you know the vessel uh, that God shows, you know, the bush didn't produce that flame. The flame was produced by God Himself. So, as the people of the kingdom, um, you know, we don't have any qualifications of our own in producing this light. Um, God gives us this radiance. Um, he, he lights us as just as the master of the house lights that lamp. Um, and, and we are supposed to illuminate the world and demystify and reveal the surroundings and reveal God, in, um, in being light, we clarify and we offer guidance and, and, uh, a clear vision for those all around us. Um, so, you know, when we are in Israel, and, and for those of you at home who have um, seen the oil lamps that were used in households, yep. they're very, very small. They produce a very, very small amount of light. Um, and in, in order to um, you know, strategically best use that lamp, they had to be put on lampstands um, to be kind of used to their maximum benefit. Um, and the lights were left burning all night long. They
1: last forever. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It just—it's just this tiny little little glow. But it was enough where where they felt like this—the uh, mysteries of the world, the chaos and the and the the uh, spiritual darkness that darkness meant for them—that um, that was um, abated by that small small light. Um, and that's what we do for the world. And I just think of um, you know when. Jesus is speaking about throughout this uh, this discourse. He's not necessarily saying, um, uh, you know, there's there's a bad group of people and a good group of people, but that there's good and there's better. There's what we've been doing according to the law, and there's God's ultimate plan for us. Um, and so, so you know, I think it's good to note that we all have that light. Just some of us are hiding it away. Yeah. Um, so when we read things like "oh, being trampled underfoot and we're not being good, put to good use and we have this kind of like this uh, um, fear of being the church of Laodicea and, um, and being thrown out, but all we have to do is take our light and put it on a lampstand. Yep. That's all we have to do.
1: Put it out there, and I, I like what you said about light being reflection because Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and he says, you are the light of the world as mm-hmm. well. We reflect that. Right. Very practical application of this. Uh, I hold in my hand a four by four card. Uh, four times a year we produce a new card uh, because I want to keep this in front of our people. If we are, If we are not praying for people to come to know Christ, we are not praying as we've been commanded to. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean to sound real heavy-handed with that, but if we if we love God and we love people as we're commanded to, we want people to get close to God. And so I want you to take your four by four card, and think about that family member, that coworker, that neighbor, that friend, that may not know Christ. And as you put them on this list, what you're doing is you're saying, "Here, who is who I'm going to intentionally try to try to influence mm-hmm. for the sake of the kingdom, and that they may know Christ." Um, just recently, you know, I've had somebody on my list, the last uh, card, and I've I've moved them over to my new card. Just this morning, I got an email from that person, and kind of unexpected, uh, unannounced, but I see that praying for them is, is producing um, an opportunity there that I don't believe would be there otherwise. And so that's a very practical way. And if I were teaching this in a community group, I would say, stop right here and say, who's on your 4x4 card? And if you've not picked one up, you've not put some names down. And I, again, I not everyone wants to fill out a card. But I think we ought, all ought to be praying mm-hmm. for people that don't know Christ. So take time and talk about who we want to strategically influence. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're kind of going to button this up, Marissa. What else you got over here that's well, really good?
0: When you're talking about the four by four card, I'm sure there's some people that may have um, they may not know who to put on that card. You might okay. not know someone who needs Christ. Just think of like my time at OBU, and uh, okay. you know you kind of get yourself into a bubble of of um, of the people around you. So if you don't know somebody that you can put on this card, one of my favorite uh, metaphors for for what salt can do is that it's a preservative, like you said. Yeah. And um, when things are falling apart, we're supposed to be the salt that preserves that situation. As Christians, we're supposed to be attracted to the mess of the world, and when we see things falling apart, we get in there. And, um, you know, that's a big difference between people who Love religion and live the gospel. Is if you if you are too wrapped up in a Christian world where you don't even know someone Mm. who doesn't know Christ, then that might be an indicator that you need to get out into the world and be saltier. Um, You know, uh, he tells us pretty clearly if you want to be in the kingdom of heaven, um, you have to love people and you have to get out into the world. And um, there's a, a a quote from a Christian influencer. Um, and that uh, I really, really like um, when it comes to uh, the metaphor of salt and light. She says, "Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break, and all things can be mended, not with time, as they say, but with intention. Mm-hmm. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that's in you."
1: There you go. That's good. And you know, as you talk about that, uh, one of the uh, categories of the four by four card is praying for a coworker and. That's funny. As as staff, yeah. you know, we populate our four by four cars. Like, well, I work with people at a church, so I know
0: I want to see everybody's four by four car. Who do you write yeah, down there? Who you're worried about? Actually,
1: but just, Marissa, <laughs> just between you and me. I put Brad on there. Uh, Brad, Brad's wow, on my four too. by four car. Bless card. his
0: heart. I'm praying for you, Brad. I'll take all the prayer I
1: can get. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, so I I think that's it. This is uh this is a passage all about influence, and and again this um. It's just a framework. Brad, I'm kidding. You really are a a good guy and a great follower of Jesus. I wasn't thinking you were. I was hoping you were. (laughs) 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 So, uh, again, I go back to that great John Stott uh, outline of the message on the mount. Gosh, I hope I can remember this. I didn't write it down. But he starts by talking about a Christian's character. That's the Beatitudes, a Christian's influence we talked about today. Then in the rest of chapter 5, he talks about a Christian's righteousness. Uh, here's It's not just about external things, it's about internal. Then he talks about a Christian's devotions, uh, giving and prayer and fasting, uh, a Christian's ambitions, don't store up for yourselves treasures in, in on earth but in heaven, a Christian's relationships, uh, a Christian's habits, and then a, a Christian's uh, commitment to Christ. So a lot of great things. Um, qualifications and characteristics that are mentioned here, Uh, and we're going to walk through the Message on the Mount through now and Easter. Keep on reading every day. Mm -hmm. Use it as a spiritual experiment. See what begins to happen to your heart and mind and soul as you uh, marinate yourself in the teachings of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Are we good? We're good. Anything else? All right. Um, Well, on behalf of the Pastor's Cut podcast, hopefully Dave will be here next week. Uh, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you, and may God grant you peace now and forever. Amen. Amen.
0: There is a boat.